Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. You're listening to the Hog Talk Podcast, part of the Believe Podcast Network. With us on the line is the voice of the Arkansas Razorbacks. Chuck Barrett. A former guest of the show, Coach Mike Neighbors from the Arkansas women's basketball team. We have from ESPN's Around the Horn, Highly Questionable. Also a two-time Dan Levitard Show Suey winner and a <laughs> former heptathlete at Cornell, Sarah Spain. And we are happy to be joined by Martrell Spate. Mr. Phil Elson, the voice of Razorback Baseball and the Ladybacks. Razorback Nation, welcome into episode number 127 of the Hog Talk Podcast. I'm your Monday host, Kyle Sutherland, alongside Porter Hayes and Kevin Bohannon. Thank you guys, as always, for listening. And if you like what we've been doing, please be sure and subscribe to the podcast. You can find us on Apple, Spotify, wherever you listen. We are there. And guys, uh, man, I really don't know where to begin. Um, This is not just a milestone for the Razorbacks, but a milestone for the Hog Talk podcast since we have been podcasting. I know it's, for me personally, the first time that I am covering a winning SEC game. I would imagine it's probably the same for you guys. First one that we'd gotten, first SEC win in 1,071 days, 1,428 days since a top 25 win, which was the last home win against Florida in 2016 in a different presidency administration that long ago, where do we even start? <laughs> well, guys, before we do start the pod, you know, I'm going to allow y'all to, to put your fan hats on, get, you know, start with Kevin and talk about what it meant to you as a fan, this so, win right here. Yeah, it, great. And I, I just can't explain how awesome it was last night because my daughter, who is seven months old, got to witness daddy be a fan during a Razorback win. So that that was the great thing about it. And I sent you guys a picture last night. We have a little light down in our in our den with a big Razorback behind it. And it's just like the stadium. It, it, it can glow red the night before a game. So I told you guys it's going to stay red all night. My wife walked downstairs in the middle of the night. And she was like, they must have won. And she, I was like, yeah, they did. So it was really cool to see. I was at the Florida game in 2016. I've lived through a lot of this, and, you know, a lot of our fans, they haven't really experienced winning. The, you know, the, the younger generation, the guys that, are in their t- guys that are in their 20s and early 30s, they don't go back as far as some of us old folks do, like me and Porter. So it's really good to see, you know, Pittman said he wanted the state to be proud of them. I was proud this morning. As a fan, I was really proud of the effort last night. It looked like a team that wanted to come out and win. And we'll get into a little bit more of that. But it gave me that feeling again of, man, I have some pride now. So it was really awesome. If you're a senior at the University of Arkansas right now, you've been there in your fourth year. This is the first one you've seen since you were just an 18-year-old freshman. So I think from that standpoint, I can't imagine what it's like and how special it is for them. You've hardly seen any wins in general, but definitely not an SEC win since that time. And I'm just like your typical fan. It really meant a lot just to be able to get that for the players, to get that for the entire state. But I think that mine's a little bit different just because this is my first – the whole time, most of you know that I lived in Texas for three years, from 2017 until this past March. And I saw that one SEC win against Ole Miss when they came back in, in Oxford in 2017 in October, just basically almost exactly three years ago. And just 
to be in that state. Now, they hate OU because a lot of them are Texas fans and then A&M fans. They kind of just hate various teams, whatever. But those were the two fan bases that I was around the most was A&M and Texas. And it got so bad, guys, that – and I don't even know if I've ever told y'all this, but I would go to the grocery store and I would be wearing a Razorback shirt and, and people would literally come up to me and tap me on the shoulder, pat me on the back and say, hey, tough times right now. It was – instead of making fun of the Razorbacks, they were really just – showing sympathy yeah and so and and that and i'm not joking that happened to me multiple times and even last night or, or i guess well this has this releases saturday night will be monday so as on saturday night erica was even asking me i was just sitting there i was i was responding to people's tweets and facebook's and texts and all that and she's like how are you not jumping up and down why are you not more excited and it's not that i wasn't excited i was ecstatic just like everybody else but i was in a way shocked i kept thinking how are we going to figure out a way to lose this even though it's already over. exactly that's yeah, what yeah, i pretty was much say. yeah that's exactly that, what that was, was that, that was the sentiment around everybody last yeah time. i think how everybody gonna, was like that because hog I, gonna hog yeah well before yeah. mike before mike woods got that penalty i would i even posted on facebook man it's been 1071 days you know i, I got a little ahead of myself <laughs> people immediately were commenting the fat lady hasn't sung yet and all this stuff but, man, it was just I, – I, I still don't think it's quite hit me yet. Yeah, it feels different because you're not seeing the negativity on Twitter or, or social media. But I really don't know that it's fully set in yet for me, even though here we are uh, as we're recording. As I mentioned, it's about 24 hours almost later. But it's just what, – what an amazing and, – and not just – and I don't want to get too deep into this side of it, but how great was it to see fans just so proud and so happy as opposed to bickering at each other about – Oh, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That, that's the main thing. That, that's, what, that's the reason why we do what we do to bring fans together, to bring content from a fan's perspective. We're fans just like you are. And, uh, I, I mean, you know, hey, I definitely think that we've got a whole lot of work to do, but I'm, I'm not really focusing on that just yet. I'm focusing on the fact that these guys did take the step forward. What have we said – all off season, we just want to see improvement. And man, I, we've seen light years improvement just in two games. Yeah, see the progress. You know, that's what we said. I just want to see the progress. And you know, everybody was saying there was some that was saying even if we went zero and ten, if we showed the progress, we could show that we were. But but we could see a difference. And I put this out there last night. You could see a difference. It's not. It wasn't the lack of talent last year that kept this team from winning. You had the same guys out there. I mean, you got guys that are walk-ons. You got Bumper Pool out there acting like Tony Boo out there getting hits. I mean, and and with the injuries, with Raheem Boyd going down, other people were getting injured. Henry Burks, getting hurt, yeah, and, and Burks and still twenty-one fourteen, and 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 like you said, fans were still like, "Oh my God, how are we going to lose this game?" And for them to still, you know, rise above, and I think that was the most important. That showed the character of of the team they they are bought into the system they want to win for this coach and they want to win for this team in this state for it wasn't a dominating win but for them to sit there and win how they did when they could have lost it you know get that pick at the end of the, the last drive and win the game that means a lot yeah and i know that there's been a lot of people as as we did last week against georgia we had a clean sweep we all picked mississippi state we will eat our crow here in just a second but first i want to tell you about our friends at bet online Make sure you take advantage of the great deals in college football, the NFL, and more. Get in on the action with hundreds of odds, futures, and props. Also, don't forget about the online casino that never closes. So head to betonline.ag today and sign up to receive your welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that's betonline.ag to sign up. BetOnline, your sportsbook experts. So again, I'll, I'll go ahead. I, I think we've done it quite a few times already in the comments on Facebook and re replies to Twitter. 
But we all – I think that that most of us probably in the back of our minds – I know that I did. I can honestly say that, hand on the Bible. I did kind of think that it was going to be a letdown for Mississippi State. But I just could not put my name behind that when the Razorbacks had let us down so many times. I understand it's a new year. It's a new team. But, Porter, you and I have said it countless times. You know, I think you mentioned it a couple times today in our group text. Like, I just could not pick this team to win until they proved to me that they could do that. And they yeah, did. we got caught up. We got caught up in what Mississippi State and everybody did. You know, there's people putting Costello on the Heisman, you know, top of the Heisman ballot. You know, I was talking to some guy, you know, just like my Heisman frontrunner is Costello. We, you get caught in what he done to, you know, last week and all setting the records and all that. And you're like, God, he's, you know, they're going to have at least three. And he did, you know, Costello had 313 yards passing, but those three interceptions killed him. You know, he, he ended up with a 36.5 QBR. And Arkansas was rushing three, dropping eight, and and they just couldn't – they didn't know what to do with that. But, yeah, you know, I ate my crow, but you know what? I'll gladly eat it. I'll put ranch I will on too. it, and I'll eat it, and I will be happy with it. Uh, and, guys, yeah, I'm the same way. I just didn't know if we could do it on the road. I, I, it's so hard to come out and do what Costello did last week and do it again. Yeah, they, he did it against LSU, but we've talked about last week that was a depleted LSU team. And, you know, kudos to Barry Odom for having a, a plan. And, Kyle, I, I'll give it to you. And I've talked about how the air raid wouldn't work in the SEC. And I know you talked about it at, at length, but they didn't make any adjustments. No. And we did. That was, you know, the key to this. And it just, you just kept seeing the guys. They just kept coming. They just kept coming. The competing factor. They, they were dogs last night. 20 tackles. It, it, it's like pool. they switched yeah. roles. Yeah, you, you yeah. look at how many games Arkansas has lost because of the other team adjusting at halftime. And I think I'll tell you what, I was really impressed with Odom being in the in, in the press box. You know, yeah. with that kind of defense where he was rushing through and dropping it, you could see where he needed his players to go. So I, that's one thing that kind of stuck out to me. What little I was going to get to watch of the game was, you know, he's up in the press box, and I think when you're playing that air raid defense that throws it and throws it. I mean, they only had 87 total yards rushing. Mississippi State did. So when you're not running the ball like that, and you know, I don't know if Kalen Hill was injured or what. He only had one care for seven. Yeah, yeah he, but he, he was hurt for the first carry and against so, a five man box. That yep. that's what I'm talking about. That is hard headedness right there from Mike Leach. But they're gonna, he's going to do what he does. He's the pirate. He's going to throw the ball sixty times a game. But you, in college football, especially SEC, if you see a five man box, run the ball. I yeah. mean, come on. Yeah. But yeah, could. Kudos to Barry Odom for sticking to his guns, changing things up, and running the zone defense this week. Just well, that's like, why they call him the Pirate, because he's going to go down with that ship. He, yeah, he'll go he down went with down it. with it last night. He will. There's going to be more of it. Yep. Well, just like I say all the time about how much I don't like the air raid, I'll say just as much. When it's on, man, it's fun to watch. But you know what? I've watched my Cowboys the last two weeks put up 38 points in an offense that is fun to watch, and you know what? That got us two losses. Yeah. And that's the way that Mike <laughs> Leach is. Mike Leach does not play defense very well ever. I think when he had Alex Grinch, they improved a little bit. They, they went from, like, the hundreds to the 60s or something like that. So, yeah, big improvement. And Barry Odom's out. And, I, and I, when I say this, I'm not, not saying anything bad about any of our players. I'm just saying what they are. Barry Odom did this with, uh, with a few walk-ons, uh, quite a few guys that didn't have a lot of experience. He watched some Pac-12 film, and Mike Leach knew that he did that. He was going to run, as we mentioned, the, the three-two-five, And 
it completely got shut down. Now, I understand they still have 313 yards, but if you watch the game, you know that this this was not a typical Mike Leach offense at all. As you mentioned, Cabo, he's very stubborn. The guy has no backup plan of his verticals and his crosses. And I, and I know that I start getting – I seem like I'm getting heated every time I get into this, but I just really like to prove my point because yeah. I, don't see, I don't see how people can just be so enamored with this. I, again, I get it's fun to watch. But when, it, when the crosses and the verticals aren't working, he goes to the checkdowns, he goes to the screens. When those aren't working, you're screwed because he doesn't run the ball. And that you it's have a gimmick, yeah. Ball. It's all a gimmick. Yeah. And so You'd it's, be so, OU. It's, yeah. And, and, see, and, I, and OU, I like – They've gotten – OU's gotten to the college football play, but we've seen how they got embarrassed. You know, Big 12 doesn't play defense. You've got these air raid offenses. You name one air raid offense that's won the national championship in the past 10 years. That's, that's one-dimensional, one-dimensional, you know, because, I mean, the reason why I'm saying error, I mean, maybe Florida back in 96 when nobody's seen it before, you know, but I'm talking about in the past 10 years. You've got to have you got to have balance, and if you don't have balance, you know, it's, it's hard to win. And I thought it was very poetic, too. Not really poetic. I think that that's, that can only really be said right now from Razorback fans by Ty Story coming in and blowing Chad out in his last game, him getting fired. Now, that's poetic. But something that is an extremely great coincidence is Greg Brooks, former Mississippi State commit, getting yeah. a pick six <laughs> on the first drive. Man, and it, without that pick six, think about where this game could – I mean, there's a lot – there's always a bunch of if this, if that in every single game. But that, that pretty much like, – that set the tone and, and ultimately – ended up being a big part of why they won the game. Mississippi State really hurt. They kind of stopped themselves twice in the Arkansas red zone, or at least I know once uh, they dropped the ball. And then, of course, on the third down when K.J. Costello slid really early, that really helped them out. Um, but overall, the defense was just, as we, we keep harping on, Barry Odom, man, what, what a job, what a, great adjustments. And even on a three-man rush, you're still getting pretty decent pressure. So it was good to see Mateo Soli back. You're, you're out, you're two top. Just imagine had they would have had Gerald and Julius Coates in this game. And you would hope that they're going to come back. you got some injuries right now that you're just not sure about. I know that we had mentioned Rakeem Boyd. I'm not sure if we mentioned this on air or off, but Rakeem Boyd, we're not sure about his status. Trey not, or uh, Traylon Burks, Buster Brown. There's a lot of guys that, uh, that, are, key, that are key players in this offense and defense that – uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with them next week. But, you know, it's it's just the fact of getting that, Cabo, as you said at the beginning, doing it on the road to being able to get your first one in so long really sets the tone, and they've got a massive opportunity uh, next week, in which we'll get into real quick. We're going to hit a break real fast. But as soon as we get back, again, we will cover uh, the Arkansas Razorbacks taking on the Auburn Tigers this weekend against, of course, none other than Chad Morris. We'll be right back. The Hawk Talk Podcast is brought to you by Heinemann Services. Heinemann Services is a family-owned and operated business whose work ethic and customer service will restore your confidence in handymen. They offer interior and exterior projects for your home or business, including repairs, installations, small remodels, landscaping, decks, fencing, and much more. Call Corey and his crew today at 479-347-9336. That's 479-347-9336. Located in Fayetteville, Rapology is your top spot for banners, signs, and wraps. From commercial fleet wraps, color changes, vinyl decals, and much more, they take care of you in a timely and professional manner. Call Rapology today at 479-368-6490. Again, that's 479-368-6490. 
Since 2008, Workman's Travel Center has made it their statement to provide a clean, friendly, and professional environment for their customers. With locations in Rudy, Lowell, and Ozark, Workman's offers a variety of merchandise and quality food, including the Rise and Shine Breakfast, Hilltop Special, desserts, and much more. Visit their website at workmanstravelcenters.com to learn more. Workman's Travel Center, where we are more than convenient. We are back on episode number 127 of the Hog Talk Podcast. Thank you guys again for listening. And before we get into the Auburn game, I wanted to bring up again, we talked about how great the defense was and, and the plays that they made. And I wanted to talk about the offense that really has not been too great to start the season. There's been some, some good things that we've seen. Of course, the Traylon Burks touchdown uh, against Georgia. And we saw a few things last – not last night. I keep saying last night as we're on a Sunday. But on Saturday night – but, guys, I think it, it's a little concerning for me, and I tweeted something about this that especially when you bring in – now, look, K.J. Jefferson, I want him to get his reps. I hope that they get some packages in for him more. But it really didn't make a lot of sense to me when – I can't remember if we were – I guess we had the lead. It was 14-7. to 7. And you're driving down, and you get in the red zone. You bring in K.J. Okay, no problem. And that you don't convert on the third down, but then you go for it on fourth instead of taking the points when you're on the road, you're in the position that the Razorbacks are again, not winning a conference game in so long. You really need this. You've got momentum going. And, and I don't know what it is with the reverses. It seems like he really likes to throw a reverse in there when things are really moving, talking about Bryle still. There's some things that I've just not, I'm not saying that it's concerning me down the road because I don't know that it'll continue to do it, but I, I'm just, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Yeah, and it's it's the timing of everything. Exactly, the timing. So yeah, so I, having been an offensive coordinator and coach quarterbacks, it really really frustrates me when I have to, or when I see somebody put in brand new, cold off the bench, in a critical situation when they don't have to, like on the goal line. So if we look back in the packages that are for KJ Jefferson, he's running the football. If you want him to be effective, you gotta have a different thread in there of him possibly passing the football, a jump pass or something, because better teams are going to load the box with eight, nine men and be ready for it. And last night we, we saw it, the, in, and I saw Felipe Franks was a little frustrated. Why wasn't I – you got a, fifth, a senior, effectively, that's had SEC experience that did not get the ball down there, and he wanted it. That's, that's the competitor in him that wanted the football, but they wanted to get KJ in, like you said. And with the reverses – like you said, like that, white it out, put it on the shelf for a few weeks. And the reverse that where, well, the zone read where Warren fumbled, that's just lack of reps. They didn't have a, the whole off season, things like that. The, the zone read on the outside where the guard pulls, Felipe Frank should have kept it. But that's just lack of reps with, with your personnel. So I do question that. They did a great job. Kudos to Hudson Henry for getting his first career touchdown reception. He had four catches for 20 yards. Looked like he showed up a little bit last night. Still want to see Trey Knox be a little bit better out there competing. J.D. White got out there a little bit. Uh, the great, the greatest play call of the night was when they ran the tunnel screen outside, and then the next play was the touchdown to Davion Warren where he snuck down the sideline. Perfect play call, perfect timing. They bid on it. So you get to see glimpses of it, and I – mentioned to you guys last night, this is the first time where we have seen a hurry-up, no-huddle offense for the Arkansas Razorback work to the tempo as it should. Yep. So I was really yeah. excited to see that, and you get to see glances of it, but now they just need to build on it and put it together. 
Yeah, and I, I think here's the deal. You, you've got a mind like Kendall Bryles, and, and I'm not making any excuses for him. It's just my take from what I've seen. You, you, you brought up a good point with that tunnel screen. The play before, they run the screen, and then they fake the, the block, and then he was down the sideline. I think with some of these reverses, I think he's looking down the road. Yeah. So I, 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 I think what's going on is like, okay, so Auburn's going to see film on this, and they're going to see this double reverse. Something's going to happen. So they're going to fake this, play action, and they're going to do something totally to catch this team off guard, and it's going to get points. Now, should, should you back be doing this? Backfield or something, should yeah. You, <laughs> yeah, should, but should you be doing it in your own territory? You know, no. I, I think his, his mind's moving 90 to nothing, that he's looking down the road. and Because you, know, you, you look at uh, – oh, I can't think of the Notre Dame coach. The, um, Brian Kelly? Being O.C., no, the one that oh. ended up being OC in the NFL. At oh, Brian Charlie, Chip, Chip, somebody. Charlie uh, Weiss? Or, Charlie Weiss. Okay. He had a game plan, and he had his first 15 plays. Scripted, yeah. Scripted, and he didn't shy away from that. So, I mean, you never know. He might have a, a drive where I'm going to do a scripted play and, and go with it. So, yeah, there's questionable calls, but you, you get the points like you did on that screen. But then again, down on the goal line, yeah. In some sense, he should have Franks on there. But one time, look at me, people were, were losing to injuries and stuff like that. I think part of it was, do I want to risk him getting injured on the goal line? And, and, and so you got to think about that aspect of it, too. So, I mean, there's, there, there's so many things you can think of. But in the end, man, we got it done. Yeah, that's pretty much where I'm at on it. Like, basically, the way I look at it, I know many have, have really not been so high on Felipe in the last two games. Didn't look too good against Georgia. But, again, we just have to keep going back and remembering who it was we're playing. But I thought, yeah, he didn't blow you out of the water with stats. But I thought he, he played pretty dang well, especially, as you mentioned, considering. He's efficient, yeah. Yeah, he was efficient. Well, well he was 20 for 28. And yeah. I mean, look at that, that one yeah. he threw down the field, that 40-yard dart. I mean, he threw down the field. And, I mean, that was an amazing throw. Yeah, we had a lot of guys step up last night. You know, Davion, he did have that crucial drop that I was really worried that could end up pretty late in the game. But That was a beautiful uh, throw. Yeah, great. Four be- beautiful <laughs> throw, yeah. And uh, But, you know, it ended up not, and I think he averaged about 25 yards a catch. And a lot of guys, and I keep going back to defense, but you mentioned the – I think there was two or three former walk-ons that were playing. Simeon Blair, a guy that has Hudson been – Hudson Clark. Yeah. yeah, Hudson Clark. I believe he actually was from – is from the Highland Park area, so uh, – Chad, I think that yep. he was a walk-on last year, year before. Hudson Clark did really well. And, man, I can't say enough about Grant Morgan. I've, I really questioned a lot of things. I, I'll say that again. In the offseason, I questioned a lot of things about what he was going to be able to do. I believe he's got 30 tackles in the last two games. And, and Bumper Pool had 20 last night alone around that range. Those, those two guys for basically – I think we played about – I know we were only running two linebackers. I think we played four total with Hayden Henry, and I think Andrew Parker got in there a little bit. I I know that Levi Draper, I did see that he got some snaps, but I don't even know if they brought him. Thanks. I don't know if, yeah. if he was in. But, but of course, they, they brought like 15 defensive backs, so they probably only brought around like maybe five or six linebackers total, if that. So, but yeah, overall, uh, that's – a lot to build on, a lot, a lot to that they need to improve on still. But hey, man, it's it's baby steps. It's taking that next step. As I said, we just want to see improvement, and we have seen that. And we're going to have to be even more improved as we play a. It looks like a pretty inconsistent Auburn team, but they still are Auburn. We know what Gus has done to the Razorbacks really ever pretty much every year since we beat them in four overtimes in 2015. They have beat us pretty dang bad. I know 2016 last. I, 
I'm pretty sure every year since then. I can't remember what it was in 2017, but I know both years under Chad, 2016 was like 53 to nine or something around that range. They're minus 18 right now. I'm sure that line will change as we go ahead. But Porter, I'll start with you. What, what do you think about this game so far? Chad Morris has only scored 36 points, his offense has so far. It's struggling. I mean, struggling. I mean, Bo Nix is a, a good quarterback, but – you could just see the inconsistency with some of his choices. I mean, he, he seems like he's more of a runner than he is a thrower. I mean, he was 21 or 40, 177 yards, no touchdowns and interception. And the rushing game, we talked about this with, with – we were talking about Arkansas and, and when we went on that Big 12 rant. you got to have balance. You can't – you know, 39 yards rushing as a team. Your, your leading rusher had 31 yards rushing, and then Bo Nix had eight total yards rushing. There's, there's no balance, and it's kind of like what his saying was last year, vanilla by design. Their offense this year is vanilla. And for, you're supposed to be the seventh-ranked team in the nation. You know, even in a pandemic, you're the seventh-ranked team in the nation, and you put up six points against Georgia. You know, it, I hope their defense is good because, I mean, it, just what they've shown me, this is and how Arkansas is coming in with a chip on their shoulder and they got to win, and they're coming in the next week's game you know, on fire. I mean, this is a very possible winnable game for, for Arkansas. Auburn's put up 50, at least 50 points in three out of the last four games against mm. Arkansas. Mm. 2018, they beat us 34 to three at, at, at Auburn. But I, I look at it like this. Gus is only going to let this go as far as he wants. He is, he has that much of a control it, that's just that the person he is. He when I when I met him and and I got to work with him a little bit, he is a two back, hurry up offense. That that is his thing. He knows his foundation of his offense, and if he doesn't see it, he's going to take over. And I wouldn't be surprised if there's a little bit of it this week, just because you got Eli Stove, you got all of these guys out there, and I said this during their first game. Eli Stowe had only touched the ball like two times going into the fourth quarter. And that that kid is electric. He is a playmaker. ESPN was talking about Bo Nix and how he has progressed as, as a quarterback. And he'd stay in the pocket a little bit longer and make that throw. Well, yeah, you see that. But then again, you also still see the, the young, the youngness, the youth in him. You, you see how young of a quarterback he is. And Barry Odom is going to have a game plan for these guys. They're going to have to come out and better be ready for them because they'll be ranked for the umpteenth time that we play them. But Arkansas, I think, it's going to be a close game. And no telling what could happen. It's at Auburn. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch because we're going to come out. Their defense is going to be tough again just because they have those guys. They've lost some talent just like everybody has. But it's going to be a lot closer than it has in the past. I know that. Yeah, and that's my concern is uh, we talked about depth last week uh, or, well, last Saturday, and that it, it ended up being it – worked, it worked out for us, but you could tell that these guys were getting pretty gassed there at the end. They still were able to step up. I mean, man, just a Goliath-type performance uh, in the way that they were able to step up with, just, with being that fatigued. 
into the fourth quarter. But this is going to be a different Auburn team. You mentioned that they lost some players, especially on defense, all across that defensive line, Marlon Davids and Derek Brown. But they've still maybe got the best linebacking core in the entire country. And you think about the fact that we might be out our top running back, our top receiver. We still have quite a few things to figure out on the offensive line. I think that Barry Odom is definitely going to put a game plan together as he proved that he did against Mississippi State. And I think that we can slow him down. I definitely think it can be close. But this is probably one that I, I'm – it's it's early. So, I'm not saying I'm 100% not going to pick Arkansas. But I think that Auburn is – right now is probably going to win it by maybe around 10 points to two touchdowns. And I, I do think that this could be a week where uh, the prediction that I made last week about depth and fatigue or lack of depth – could be the deciding factor in this game. Well, and another thing we got to think about, I, I think it was, Kevin, what you said, you know, Arkansas wasn't they, – they don't know how to win games like this. Well, now they won a game like they did against Mississippi State where it was tied at the end. So, you know, all you got to do is believe that you could win and anything's possible with this team. I mean, they prove it. They prove it without their starting running back out, their starting wide receiver out. You know, if you hold – and it also depends on what kind of game Bo Nix has. Bo Nix can come out and lay an egg, and then you see what he'd done against Alabama last year. I mean, just went off. So, what kind of Bo Nix are we going to get? And another thing you mentioned, how much of this offense is Gus going to give, you know, Chad Morris? Because Chad Morris isn't the only one that has tied to Arkansas. Gus wants to beat Arkansas just as much as Chad Morris wants to. So, I mean, that's where we can easily get into this and say, well, Arkansas is just going to win the next game. And we get caught up in the moment, the prisoner moment, which I hate, you know, getting into that. But I've just seen two games where, you know, yeah, they had a good performance against Kentucky, but it was very vanilla, very inconsistent. And it is a, it's a winnable game. I think they keep it within, as of right now, I think it's going to be a seven point ball game and it, it could change. And Bo Nix, we talk about the inconsistencies of him. He's 55% completion percentage on the year, three touchdowns, one interception, only a long of 32, and that was against Kentucky. We know Georgia doesn't give up a whole lot. But Arkansas, this is one thing that stuck out against me. Their long pass given up on the year is 34 yards. That was Saturday night. And their only their longest rush of the year given up is only 20 yards. So – Auburn is going to have to stretch the field, and we know under Chad Morris, he didn't stretch the field very much as an Arkansas head coach. So things are going to have to change. Gus, since he's been at Auburn, as head coach has only lost to Arkansas one time. That was the overtime thriller a few years back. So I think it'll be close as well. It'll be a little bit to be determined like you, Kyle, going into, you know, Friday when we, when we make our picks. So uh, really excited to see. Hopefully we get some guys back. Coach Pittman said last night he doesn't think those injuries to Burks, Boyd, and Brown are going to be season-ending, but we need to get those guys back healthy. He said that in his post-game speech last night to the team. Well, well in this, game, or go ahead, this, go this ahead. game, you know, winning one is good, but putting back-to-back wins, that would be such a momentum builder for, for this team and this program and, and the fans, of course, because you, you see what we've done after one win last year and open up Club Dove and all this stuff, and then you lay an egg. If they can pull together two wins in a row, that would be huge for this program. And and to be and I think it'd be the highest that this this fan base has when their morale that they've had in years. And I've said this during every other season, you know, baseball season, basketball season. You get the football season to where they're successful. This is going to be one of the most 
popular fan bases and programs in the nation because you have everything rolling. You have your baseball, basketball, now your football team's successful. And you got the women's sports doing what they're doing. I mean, freaking the women's soccer team just won a top five game over Texas A&M today. You know, so you, you get things rolling, man. It's going to be exciting in Fayetteville. Yeah, and another thing I'm going to be really looking for is we, we talked about offense, defense, but I thought the – now, we didn't have any kick returns. I think we had one punt return. But special teams overall, especially punting in particular, I know that there was a couple – there was one, I want to say, that we got inside the five or inside the ten pretty deep in their territory. That's one that we're going to have to be good all the way around because in both games against Georgia and Mississippi State, we haven't been very good uh, in the – in the kick, uh, the kickoff game and the punt, punt coverage. coverage so yeah, coverage that's going to be, yeah, that's going to be the thing that I'm really looking for. I'm sure Scott Fountain got after them pretty hard last week uh, with how bad they were against Georgia, and that that's somewhere we're going to have to keep paying attention to as well because I think we talked about last week that we get caught up in that that last second big heave throw or that big last second defensive stop. We don't think about those punt return for touchdowns or like, like what happened to us against LSU in 2006 at War Memorial when Darren McFadden took one back, Trenton Holiday punched right back and did the exact same thing. So you got to pay attention to that stuff too. And I, and I really do believe – I know you guys haven't heard me really speak positively. If, if you're Texhogs listeners when I was doing that, uh, there wasn't much to positively talk about, but I really don't remember the last time that I picked the Razorbacks in an SEC game. I do think that, that the Hogs can win this. I think that they can. I think they have the talent to do it. I think they have the believe, which is where it begins. I think that they showed that against Mississippi State. But they can really do – Porter, you just talked about it. I mean, the, there's so many successful sports programs on campus right now just for the Razorbacks to get up to a round. I still think, realistically, this is maybe going to be a three-win season at most. I do think they can get up to three wins. I think they're for sure going to beat Missouri. Elia Drinkwitz is all bite, all, all bark, no bite. Uh, that guy's really just a, a great offensive play caller. I think that he just is a lot of all talk, and I don't think he's going to do a whole lot of things at Missouri. Lane Kiffin's doing some good things. Their offense is really clicking, it seems, uh, at Ole Miss. I'm not really sure how they are defensively, but I do think the Razorbacks can beat them. I, I think that the Razorbacks can maybe beat Texas A&M. They don't look – I understand they played Alabama, but they didn't look good in their first game. They fumbled like three times or turned it over three times. Against Vandy, yeah. Yeah, against, Van, against Vandy, who's, our, well, who's, who's probably the worst team that. in the conference. So, well, yeah, 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 bad, we can say that, finally. Well, and how bad Arkansas has been, that's been that one game they've always been in. So, you, you give that team momentum, they can definitely win. And I, I've always – I've seen Kellen Mond play, and he's just – he's so short-armed. Like, you can just – I don't know what's wrong with his throwing motion, but I've just noticed there, he, he has a very short-armed motion. And if you get a good jump on his ball, you're going to pick six it every time. And I, yeah, I'll say something back just to mention the special teams real quick. I saw a stat last night when we got it from uh, the SID at Arkansas. Half of our kickoffs have gone in the end zone. I know we've only had eight, but four of them have gone in the end zone. A couple of years ago, we, we were begging to get somebody to kick the ball mm -hmm. two and three the end zone. So that's coming along. But yeah, I'm with you, Porter, about Kellen Mond. I know he's been there eight years as a starting quarterback. Yeah. But he yeah he, he's got that short arm motion to where it comes out right by his shoulder pad and I think if we read they're going to work a lot on that this week and the talk about the game plan bumper pool said last night every time they lined up we knew exactly what they were going to do so they had that confidence 
you give Barry Odom time to figure out what's going on on that on the offensive side of the ball for the other team, we're going to be ready. Well, and I think Jimbo is an overrated coach. Yeah. I mean, outside of Jameis Winston, what has Jimbo done? Seven you know, and a half. And that's, <laughs> that, that, but, I mean, yeah, he's got the money, but I'm just saying, like, and, you know, he got down there. They had the national championship trophy put on his desk with the date not on there yet. Like, the expectations of him was to win a national championship, and he's not, he's not done it. No. And I don't think he will. I, I think, you know, he's going to take his buyout. He's going to take his Bielema buyout and go on. But – I, that's another game, but I think the LSU game is going to be a winnable game too because they always play hard against LSU and they're depleted. You know, that's just now it, the, it's later in the year, so those guys could come up and, and get better. But there, there's just a lot of games that you didn't think that Arkansas could win. Now there's a lot more of those games that they, they possibly could win now. Cable, I want to go back to the you were talking about uh, whenever we were begging to have a, to kick, a kicker get it in the end zone. I definitely remember those days. I want to say between Zach Hawker, who was gone in 2013, between him and Limpert, I don't know that we had that happen, but maybe one time. So I guess that would have been between like 2013 and 16, maybe something around that range. But I, it, if it happened, it literally happened maybe two to three times max. Yeah, and – we were happy that if we ever got some wind behind us, because there would be a chance, but it would always go to the five, the 10 yard line and kudos to Scott Fountain. He's got two punters. They're both averaging over 42, 43 yards after Reed Bauer, who got in for the last punt last night because he's the only rugby style punter, but they're both averaging 42, 43 yards, which is not last in the SEC like we were last year. And then it just gives an extra dimension that we didn't have before. So, yeah, the coverage gets better. Deion Edwards had the fumble last night. The, the football gods were smiling down on us. So uh, the coverage has got to be a little bit better next week because Auburn's are always had guys that back there that can take it the distance anytime. Yeah, and so right now uh, we've got a 10% chance to win, 10.9. So we'll round it up to 11. So ESPN, is, is who is predicting that, doesn't look like that uh, they're getting – I think that at one point last night or Saturday night it was at 5%. So it's gone up a little bit. They're, they're giving us a little bit of a chance, but we play at 3 p.m. That's probably my favorite time to play a game. We play at uh, on SEC Network at 3 p.m. Central Standard Time. So who knows? We've got a, a lot to, to learn between now and then. So I guess that's five, four or five days away from the point that you'll probably be listening to this. And so we still got to figure out what our injuries are looking like, how many guys we're either going to get back or not. But, uh, guys, I think that's really about it. I know, Porter, you mentioned congrats to the Ladyback soccer team with that big number five win over a Yes, huge, and, huge win. Yeah, number nine ranked There's a n- nine – Oh, yeah, nine. We're, we're ranked number nine, and they're yes. five. Okay, they gotcha. They five. So, yeah, it was a big win. It was two to one. So, I, again, be looking forward to our weekly women's sports report. I'll give a complete rundown of all the women's sports going on, uh, presented to you by 1010 Performance Training. So, so, be sure to tune in for that. Yeah, that'll be on every Friday show. So, be sure that we'll put that in the description. He's done it for about the past two weeks at this point, but it'll be in the description of each show that we do that. So, I think that will do it for episode number 127 of the Hawk Talk podcast. Thank you guys so much, as always, for listening. Reporter Hayes, Kevin Bohannon. My name's Kyle Sutherland. We'll catch you next time.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.